All right. Hey there, couples. Today, we are going to talk about marriage basics. And we're in the studio with Corey and Rhonda, uh, marriage mentors. Now, let's let's just make sure we set this up for couples who are listening to this. Marriage Basics is a three-week series in our library, and it's basically, just like it sounds, the three most important things, I think, is this, could we say this, Tracy? Is this true? The three most important things, if you want to have a marriage that goes the distance. I like to say foundational. Yeah, the These three... need to be at the foundation of a healthy marriage. Yeah, and I guess we could have picked a million things, but these mm-hmm. these are the three categories that, Tracy, we've used for man, almost 20 years in, in counseling and mentoring. Corey and Rhonda, you guys have done it for many years as well. You brought so many couples, probably more couples than we have through these three basic topics. So in this podcast episode, we're going to talk about it. So if husbands and wives are driving down the road on vacation this summer, this is a great one to listen to together, get get your finger on the ready for the pause button. And if at any point you want to talk about this, hit pause and talk about it, because we're going to sit here and talk about it with Corey and Rhonda and unpack these three things. Again, you can go to our website to get uh, to get the full series and discussion questions and everything. We'll put a link below for that. So let's let's talk about what the three things are, Tracy. What are the three main categories? Okay, you want to get a good understanding of what it means to really love your spouse. Okay, number one. How you need to be earning trust in your relationship every day. Okay, that's number two for those of you who are keeping score. And there. you need to know how to communicate and talk in a healthy way. Good. So... So we say it like this. We say, choose love, earn trust, and keep talking. Choose love, earn trust, keep talking. So Corey and Rhonda, help us with this. How do, you, how do we break down this idea of choosing love? I guess what's the, what's the alternative to choosing love? To just going by feelings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to say, I feel like I love you today, and now I feel like I don't. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to that couple? They don't make it because, (laughs) I mean, we all, feelings can come and go. It's, it's really is a choice. Yeah. It's a, your vows are your choice and you've chosen to love that other person. So you have to continue to make that choice every day. Yeah. Think about it. Couples think about your vows, maybe pause and see if, see if, see who can remember more of their vows, the husband (laughs) and the wife. (laughs) I gotta, I'll put my money on the wife, but. But your vows, if you think about it, your vows were a promise. It wasn't a contract. Right. It wasn't, I don't think I've ever, I've done a lot of weddings. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, I'll love you as long as you keep your hair. Right. No. We'd be in trouble, Corey. Yes. <laughs> We'd be in trouble. <laughs> or I love you as long as, you know, you make a lot of money or you don't get sick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. What are the vows typically? Yeah. In sickness and health. Mm-hmm. Richer for poorer, Richer for poor, yeah. Till and death do us part. Yeah. And I just think, I mean, that's just culturally speaking. We just that those are the vows that we say in most of our marriage ceremonies. And I don't think a lot of people give a lot of thought to what they're actually saying. That those vows are not conditional. They're they're very clearly promises that come, the good or the bad, we're committed to each other. Yeah, you're so not. So it can't be not, based on feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Only. You're not renegotiating those vows, you know, down the road that those are the vows. And like you said, you know, if you're going to live off of emotion, then it's going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. And eventually it it could end or it could be a very tough life. Right. And don't get us wrong. We're not saying that feelings aren't bad. Romance, all of that is fantastic. But if that's what you base your level of commitment is on your feelings, then Rhonda, to your point, 
on days that you're mad or you're right. disappointed or you've been hurt, then does that just mean that you just scrap the whole thing? Because well, you just don't feel that anymore. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's got to be something deeper to love than just feelings. And That's we hear that saying. a lot in mentoring where they say, I just, I just don't feel like I love them yes. anymore. And, and to, to that point, you have, feelings are important, right, Trace? You've got to cultivate those feelings. Right. You still have to chase them. Just because you're married now doesn't mean that we stop chasing them. And, well, you made a promise to me, so... Here I am. Right. Good luck. You know yeah. that kind of thing. You're, you you make time for that. You plan for that. Treat your relationship as the number one relationship in exactly. your life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tracy and Rhonda, I think you watch more chick flicks than Corey and I do. Is there like is there a theme? What's the what is I guess what does our culture teach us and what does our culture teach our kids about love? Um, because I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of a movie that teaches this principle that love is a choice, not just a feeling. I think so many chick flicks, you find yourself cheering for the affair right. almost, right. right? It's like they, they, sh- they show you it from the perspective of the, of the spouse who isn't appreciated, right? right? Or is taken for yeah, granted. Yeah, the marriage is dead. Yep. You're unhappy. You meet Someone makes them person. feel better. Yes, yep. right. Yeah, to me, I think our culture doesn't, present love they present lust right yeah and i think all based on feelings it's all emotion yes so that's enticing in the moment to chase this thing Mm -hmm. but when you get married it's not about lust anymore because now you have each other like you 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 won the prize you're married now so now all of a sudden it's like oh um the chase is over now what right so that's where you have to start seeing love as a committed, deeper love, like you're building a life together. Now, I have to say, any of you out there that are Office fans, I do feel like The Office does a great depiction that I have not seen in culture of when Jim and Pam are kind of like, you know, they're growing apart. He's working in Philly on his sports agency, and they're just not getting along, and he's getting in the cab to leave, and they're fighting, and she brings his umbrella down to the parking lot, and then... He's starting to get in the cab and he just runs up and he hugs her and holds her. And then they play their vows that they said in their wedding. To me, I was like, wow, like that's right. It was a great picture of like going back to what we made a promise to each other. Let's not give up on this thing. Yeah. And he goes, Jim goes on a trip and another episode, he goes on a trip down to Florida with, with one of the new girls and she's trying to move on. on. Oh yeah. He says, no, love it. Yeah. Those are, but it's so rare in pop culture Another another great movie that surprised me because it goes against pop culture's, you know, love is a feeling, chase your feelings, is uh, Spanglish. Do you guys remember that movie? Oh, man, it's been a Barely. long time. I think I it was Adam part, Sandler. Go, everybody, couples, you want a great date night <laughs> no, movie, go watch Spanglish. <laughs> We're going to have to go watch Because that. it really did. I think I've got the right movie. It it surprised me how you're, you just, it looked like every other movie, it's going in this direction where I think Adam Sandler, and he was going to leave his wife, and he didn't. He huh. He, he chose his wife, and it was – I mean, I remember at the time just being floored. I couldn't believe – I'm like, finally, Hollywood su- says this. But we're we're all such suckers because we – it's like I think so many couples don't even realize they're being programmed by every show, every every song that they hear. Every, they're being yep. programmed. And I'm not against pop culture shows, and that's fine. I, we go see movies. But – just pay attention to what you're what you're 
what you're internalizing. How love is depicted. Right, and they make it seem normal. They call it the seven-year itch and things right. like exactly. that. Oh, it's just yeah. normal and this is what's going to happen. It, it exactly. doesn't have to be. Right. Okay, look, we need to go on to trust, but but before we do that, just we got a, one shout out to the five love languages. I'm sure a lot of couples already know what those are, and we've got some topics in our library about that. If couples, if you want to learn more about it and find out what yours is, but what's the what's the main? Let's just answer this. What's the main point of the five love languages of learning your spouse's love language? Well, to, to go ahead Corey, to be able just... to communicate to your spouse in their love language, not in your love language, yeah. so that you can actually do things for your spouse right. that that would that hit the sweet spot right because right. we'll notice that in mentoring people get all excited to identify their own and that's not the exactly. point it's to identify your spouses so you can speak in their language that's yeah. the key yeah Corey, like you said you have to keep building if you want your love to last then you build into your relationship you don't just get married and then just coexist right so a great thing to do is learn you learn your spouse's love language and find ways to love them in that language that'll go a long way yeah good. Okay. The, the second principle in marriage basics is about trust. And here's how we say the principle. Trust is earned, not freely given. So Tracy, why don't you explain that principle? And we're going we're gonna to see if Corey and Rana can think of an example in their lives when they earned or failed to earn trust. Mm. Giving you a heads up here, guys. Okay. So trust is a reactive response. That's the point. A lot of people misunderstand trust, that it's about you personally. You're either a trusting person or not. But the definition of trust is that you're relying on somebody else's strength, integrity, and ability. So trust is really about reacting to what you see from your spouse. Are they trustworthy? Then you give them trust. If they're not trustworthy or they're breaking your trust in some form or fashion, then you shouldn't give them your trust. So the important thing about trust to remember is that you should be able to pinpoint reasons why you trust your spouse or reasons why you're not. And then talk to your spouse about how can you earn my trust? You would do X, Y, and Z. So it's a measurable thing that you can look at and say, you've earned my trust or you're not earning my trust based on your behavior. So trust is reactive. It's, you're going you're gonna to respond with trust as you see trustworthiness. Yeah. Okay. So she gave you some, she stalled for you I guys. did. I gave you as much time as I could. <laughs> so, I mean, I know your, your marriage and I know you've got so much content in the library. You've got some good stuff in there. So Rhonda, I'm going to try to tee you up here. Okay. Where, in what way has Corey earned your trust over the years? Because you trust him. Right. Right? Right. He's a very solid, trustworthy person. So yeah. if he says he's going to do something or he's not going to do something, yeah. he's always followed through with that. So I don't question. I just, right. there's no need. I, I can't really think of a specific example. Yeah, because it's just That would resonate. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of... It, but maybe I didn't always feel that way mm -hmm. because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. When we first got married, I right. didn't know. But right. then he, you know, we say trust is earned and right. they can do specific things. If he said he was going to be somewhere or he was mm -hmm. going to go mm -hmm. do something, he always did it. So there was just, that's, that's how you earn trust. Right. So Yeah. And we say, one of the other things we say in this topic is that trust takes time to earn. And you guys have been married since, since shortly out of high school, right? You guys have been married a long time and- and so you have, you've earned trust all these years, Corey. Rhonda, you've earned that trust all these years. So I, maybe the question now is, what, what, what about the couple who's listening to this? And they're cringing a little bit mm -hmm. because so many couples, and I, I want couples to understand that this is, you're not alone if you have failed to earn trust or if you've blown it, right? Tracy, what would you say to a couple that's blown it? Um, and they've, there's some, there may be some 
some stuff in the in the closet, some baggage. Yeah, I think the best thing a couple can do is to be honest with where you are. Authenticity is important. I think meeting with a marriage mentor or professional counselor could be helpful to get some of those conversations going. But I think talking as a couple is important, being able to maybe make some confessions or put some things out there. The beauty about trust is that you can always there's always opportunities to build it. Right. If, if it's been destroyed, it's like a bank account. You can make more money. You can build more trust and build that account up in a, in a stronger fashion. And that's what I would say. You need to be honest and then you need to say, OK, so you, you messed up. But here's what you can start doing to earn my trust, that it could be different moving forward. I think another part of that, too, is to, to understand that forgiveness and trust are yes. two different things, right? So a lot of times we lock these things in and we carry them around forever. I call it gunny sacking, just something that I've always said. And forgiveness is for yourself and, you know, rebuilding trust or rebuilding a relationship is for the other person mm -hmm. and ultimately both right. of you. But trust deposits, like you said, they've got to be measurable and they've got to be able to be done every day so that right. you can keep depositing into that bank and come out of the negative and back into, hey, all right, we're, we're moving along now. Absolutely. But forgiveness and trust are very different things. Right. And forgiveness has to be first. Right. right? That's it your precedes, first step. Right. Then you can move on to building trust. And I think a lot of people confuse That's those right. things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm not forgiving you or I'm right. not. And they, they combine those two things into one. And right. it's not. It's very different things. Yeah, and, and I think that's good. So for couples that are listening to this, cringing a little bit because you've got some baggage. Again, many couples do, but you can make it through this, but it, it, it's going to take forgiveness, Corey, is what you're saying, on the part of the offended spouse. So the offending spouse, and maybe both spouses have offended. Right. And, well, and don't get me wrong. The offender needs to also turn away, right? I mean, yeah, turn away right. from whatever it is. You can't right. be a habitual whatever right. it yeah. is, cheater or whatever yeah. the case yeah. is, and then not turn away from that right. and, and expect, well, you just need to forgive me. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. Right. It takes both sides to, that's right. to do their part. Right? Yeah. So it, it takes a, it takes just a teachability and a, and a, a, a true a heart of, I'm so sorry right. that I did right. this. And even if I, if I've, if it's been a habit for me, let's say a porn addiction or something like that, but you say, I want to get better. I need your help to get better, but I need you for, for, to forgive me so we can move on. And so I think Tracy, it's important, isn't it, that the that forgiveness, th this is so important, trust is earned and forgiveness isn't earned. Right. And I think, I think spouses need to hear that. If you're waiting for your spouse to earn your forgiveness, it's not forgiveness anymore. Right. Forgiveness is, is a gift. It's something that you proactively give someone even if they don't deserve it. So some of those couples need to say, swallow that hurt and that bitterness and that pride maybe a little bit sure. and say... I'm willing to forgive you if you will if you will work on earning your trust back. Right. And then Trace, you need to set some real clear, like you said, oh yeah, real clear action steps. Here's because trust is measurable. So here's what I need you to do. I, uh, so many times couples hug, and then but there's if there's no clear like here are the boundaries, here are the action steps, and the offended spouse needs to be a part of setting those, and the offending spouse needs to say what can I do. I want to know three or five things that I can do to or start earning your trust. Right. Absolutely. That's the way to do it. That's mm -hmm. the only way to do it. And then both people can feel a part of it. And it's not like a moving target where the, if 
offending person's like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do to earn your trust. You keep changing right. the rules and of the game. And it's not just feelings. It's right. measurable things right. that yeah. you exactly. can do. Okay, so that's love and trust. So th- those are the first two. There's only three, so we're almost done here. Can you believe it? <laughs> so the last, so love and trust are almost. They're almost like in, almost like emotional, internal. They're like deep seated things. Like they're such a core part of our being. Love and trust. This last one is like right on the surface because it's just. It's almost a hundred. It's like ninety nine percent a skill that can be learned. And so the last thing is that that healthy couples have to keep talking. Communication, and this includes conflict, and we'll get to that. Communication is so important in a healthy marriage because you could have love and a commitment to each other, and you could have be trustworthy. Both of you could be trustworthy, and you could still have a terrible marriage because you don't know this practical skill of communicating. And so before we get into some tips, Tracy, why why do some couples really stink at communicating well i think a lot of couples make the mistake that fighting is about like you're in a courtroom and whoever has the better argument wins and what fighting is supposed to be about is that you're you're trying to work together to find a solution that's to the benefit of your relationship and to each of you so couples a lot of times make the mistake of this is about me crafting the perfect argument to show you that you're wrong and you're stupid and i'm right and i win so it's adversarial. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, Corey and Rhonda, if you guys, what you learned about talking from your parents, did your parents do a good job of talking and communicating or a poor job? <laughs> We're both shaking our heads no. <laughs> mm, no, I was, I was ordered to get my sister and go outside, uh, whether it was 20 below or not. It, wow. was, uh, it was not healthy, but we learned from that, right? right. So Rhonda and I have said, hey, we're not going to continue that we learn from it and we're going to try to do not that right in front of the kids and all that kind of thing too bad you grew up in minnesota and not florida (laughs) yeah (laughs) well michigan but yes i'm sorry michigan close (laughs) no but it's so yes it's we didn't so neither of us had necessarily what i would consider a Mm -hmm. a really good example of how to have conflict right right? Mm -hmm. so we had to learn that Mm -hmm amongst our, with us, which was good because we were removed from that, um, being that we moved away right away when we got married and then we had to figure decide, it out. Figure it out. Exactly. yeah, we're not going to do that. How are we going to do this? And we figured it out. Don't get me wrong. We yelled at each other and we had screaming. Yeah, Cause we stuff, never had but... a role model. Yeah, we didn't right. know what it yeah. was supposed to be. And we're both very competitive people. So we both <laughs> wanted to win. Of course. So when we yeah. were arguing, it was about who was going to say, Sometimes the meanest thing or the right. the most witty, crafty thing, you know, to try to catch catch right, them. Right, the other something. one off guard. It was mm-hmm. who's gonna win. Who yeah. was who was better at being mean? She's Italian. I'm pretty mean. She's, oh, a, she's Italian. Oh, right. <laughs> that Italian comes witty? out. Who was better at being probably witty? me? <laughs> she was a she like I. When I get upset I th- or I hurt, was, I get mean. Yeah, that's she, my defense she mechanism. Kinda, so she's a she closes. I've learned, but she closes in. Yeah. She pulls in. Yeah, and when I try to open that up, yeah, it's 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 hard, right? So it, we had to learn how to yeah. to do that, it, and it's not there's no rule book on right. that, right? Yeah. There's no way to figure that out. And you know, the really neat thing is, I don't know why we both realized that the marriages, our parents' marriages, were not what we wanted. Yeah. I don't know who somebody out there was praying for us or something, but it <laughs> yeah. it hit us that we both said we don't want this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Like, so we tried to do the opposite. So whenever anything comes up from our past, a lot of times people are like, well, that's just the way I was raised. That's just what I know. Mm -hmm. And but that was like, no, we're not allowed to say that. Yeah, because right. we're adults, we right. can, and you can so choose we, a different way. Exactly. Right. So it's a choice. So we kind of joke around. We're like, okay, we're going to put that in the crazy file. We're going right. to put that over there. Don't open up the crazy file. Right. It's in there. And that's, that's just kind of our. The biggest thing I learned was to listen. Like I, I, I learned how to listen at work, which was kind of interesting yeah. because then it also helped me listening when I was at home, right? Because I did a lot of interrogations and a lot of things like that. And you had to listen to the details and actually understand and look for what this person was saying well i finally realized duh i should listen and see yep. what good Rhonda is saying to me be, instead of most people they're thinking of what am i going to say back to this person and all they're seeing is lips moving at right. them exactly and they're ready with the talk. response right? right the retort is already there right. so i tried to take a deep breath and listen to what was being said and then you know anyways we we both started to and we learn this learn in, in mentoring. Yeah. We always tell the couples, we, we talk about the I feel because statements. Right. Yeah. That, that will diffuse any situation. Yeah. Like it's so awkward and people roll their eyes. They're like, that's so cheesy. I would never say that. Try it. Yep. When you're it's in an argument, you say, that. I feel upset because whatever. And all of a sudden it takes the, mm -hmm. the defenses yeah. kind of fall. Okay, we, that was, we do it on purpose. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Anyways, that was like a teaser because before we get to that, <laughs> we got to do this because this will be good for couples to hit pause and do this. Before we get to the to the you know the good the good skills, we'll we'll talk through those in a second. That are a little cheesy but really helpful. Let's talk real quick about the three fight languages because just like there are five love languages, we've identified three fight languages, and it'd be good for couples to understand identify which which way do I naturally fight you know maybe what I learned from my parents or maybe it's in my personality it's good to know what your spouse and is well also. and identify <laughs> yeah. yourself don't point at your spouse right and say exactly. you're the whatever yeah yeah you want to know what your spouse is but, <laughs> but you don't, don't want to tell them you know, you know. hold it over them right. yeah you know, that kind of thing okay so let's do okay. them Tracy what are what are the three fight and we'll we'll go ahead and confess what what we are I know uh -huh. I know escalate right we have yep. escalator how do you know that one Oh, well, I'm married to one, so I, <laughs> okay. I have an escalator. I'm so, an escalator too. Okay, so. so the two women in the studio are escalators. So what, what does that mean? What, is, what does it mean that you escalate? Well, in my family growing up, if you were mad, you raised your voice. Yeah, that, you had to let people cue. know. Yeah, that was like, uh-oh, something's wrong. You so. can't just sit there and go, I feel upset. Right. No, you, I'm going to show you. Yes, my body language is going to be more animated. My right. voice is going to rise, and I'm going to be forceful right i'm not yelling and screaming out of control necessarily i mean i'm sure that's happened at some point in my life but but it's usually <laughs> just i know yes i'm usually my voice is raised and i'm upset and you can tell all right so okay that's good so that's escalations the first one the second one is is what Corey, what we are or what i am withdraw yeah i yeah. withdraw and that means i uh I uh, I would I'll just be like I'm gonna let this storm pass, and I'm gonna kind of just slip out the side door. <laughs> It'll go away. <laughs> Wimp. <laughs> yeah, and I so and and so it, some people might think that escalation is the worst one. There's not really a worst. They're one. all bad, no, right? All bad. If anything, the, might... I think if anything, the invalidator is probably is one of the worst, worst. Yeah, because it's super one. hard to deal with. That it is. Per, that's that's just straight mean. 
type. Yeah, thing, I agree. You know? Saying it hurtful is. things, but even with the withdrawing, like let's not let's not just brush past that, gentlemen. <laughs> withdrawing is bad too if you like refuse to engage. I just don't want to deal with it. We yeah. were trying to withdraw. So you sure. just shut down. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we, we moved on. To we moved on. We were past that. Yeah, I mean, you shut down. Nice, nice effort, Corey. <laughs> you refuse to talk. It's very frustrating. If yeah. you're married to an escalator, it just gets bad because now the escalator is going to escalate right. more. Come the withdrawer is going to pull away more and right. you're just in a vicious cycle. Yeah. But then invalidation, Corey, to your point, invalidation is just when you just minimize and make fun of and are condescending to your spouse and just make them feel like Because that encourages them to withdraw. Yes. And that's... Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If somebody's well, telling you we, you're you're that's stupid to be mad about that, right. or why why do you always do this every time? That that is exactly. very damaging. I think we all do all of them at some time. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. That kind of thing. I think you have a natural one, but then you're like, all right, I'm going to win this thing, and then you exactly. do whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And it's so. interesting too. Just like all the couples that we've mentored, we've never had a couple that's had the same love language, and we've never had a couple that's had the same. Fight language? Fight language. Interesting. That's because they're, really they're coming to you for help. Right? Because <laughs> so otherwise, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. And we always say, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's interesting because I do think if you have the same fight language, it could be explosive or if two withdrawers right. can never oh, ever terrible. deal with anything. Right. But then maybe they never become self-aware and their marriage their marriage maybe isn't really healthy. So it's good to go to a mentor or a counselor and work. Again, that's kind of the point of this third right. thing. It's good to work it out. Like self-awareness is good. Some people think, oh, I don't need a counselor. I don't need a mentor. I don't need help. We don't need help. What do you mean? Everyone needs help. Nobody's perfect. Well, I think the key is to, to the whole topic is just if you're not willing to fight for something, yeah. let's say your marriage, then maybe you're not that invested in it. You don't really care if it's saved or not. So the goal of this particular part of the the foundational principle is that fighting's not bad if you're doing it the right way because it shows that you care enough about your relationship to to make it better. Yeah, that's good. Okay, let's or man, we've got so much more to say, but we'll have to save it for some other some other podcast, but let's let's just talk, let's finish with the uh, with some of the positive ways to deal with communication some of these positive skill sets tracy that you've come up with so walk us through these well rhonda already mentioned the i feel because statement yeah i love that yeah exactly and what it you is said. cheesy every single couple every yeah. single one one of them rolls their eyes or says i'm never going to do that it sounds dumb it does because we don't do it yeah. right and we don't do it because and we have issues right so well, it's try a skill it. too you gotta learn how to that's do it right, right? So but it's that's... just like you tell your kids you know when you've got a toddler that's having a temper tantrum, we all say, use your words. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact right. concept. Right. It's just put into adult terms. So you yeah, say, and it's I different to upset. be able to frame it like, this is how I'm feeling, and here's why. Because that helps your spouse to get on the same page with, okay, right. I know what you're feeling. I know what emotion you're experiencing, and now I know why. Right. Versus starting your conversation with, you're a jerk. And now mm-hmm. you've put your spouse on the defensive. Who wants to listen to that? No one. Right. And then after the I feel because, then the other spouse says, okay, so what I'm understanding is, and then they repeat it back yes. to you. And again, that's hard because if you're in an argument, yes. you're like- but it forces you to listen. That's what does. I like about that. Because now I can't just fluff my way through the conversation. Right. I got to actually listen so that I can acknowledge properly that's what right. I'm doing that. Okay, so well, okay, so let's 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 just kind of play this out. Okay. So Rhonda, you say, Corey, I feel frustrated because this is the third time you've shown up late. 
you know, from work. Yes. And, and Corey doesn't just jump into defending himself. Corey would answer with, so what I hear you saying is that... Right. So what I hear you saying is, is you're frustrated because I haven't given you the appropriate time that I'm going to be coming home or I'm late. I, dinner's cold or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And, if, and Rhonda, if, you, if, if, you, if he doesn't get it quite right... Right. Or the tone isn't right. <laughs> then and you if you if you were to say, No, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. No, that's what not happens? what I'm saying. I feel like you don't care about my feelings because mm. you didn't tell and it gets deeper. Okay, so now we're starting yeah, now it's starting to because <clears throat> it's even yes. good. He could repeat back more or less exactly what you said and you hear it and you're like, No, that's not really it's the point. More than that. Or the first time he could be defensive, be like, Yeah, I'm making money to pay for yeah. what yeah. this is exactly. you know, what's happening here. Yeah. And you're like, Well, I and then she yeah. would say Right. Yeah. And it's it's again, like you've said, Rhonda, it's it's a little bit weird and awkward it at is. first and it feels forced. We and don't a little, speak like that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you do it, couples, isn't this true, guys? If you do it, you'll get you'll get better at it and it won't feel it you won't have to use such robotic language. It's a skill. And it, it's not right? gonna take you so. an hour to get to an issue. Where at the end you're like, Oh, I didn't realize Right, you'll get to you you'll get this way to the issue and and even pass that to a solution if yeah. you're willing to do those kind of and be constructive about right. it. But it's a skill, right? I mean, I can't say that enough. It, how many times does Tiger Woods hit a golf ball? I mean, that's a simple example that everybody would probably understand. Thousands and thousands of times. They say it takes 10,000 hours to master something. So we all have a lot of practice to do on our listening and communicating. Right. It's and, a lot of, you know, I feel that. because. That's yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that is, you know, it is. Well, we've been married ball. for however many years, so we probably have however right. many hours, you know, into that. So that, anyways, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. It's a skill. You've got to practice it. You've got to put, like you said, fight for it. And the way to fight for it is practice. Right. Now, guys, before before we're done talking about this, we have we've kind of intentionally kept Jesus out of this for the sake of our Flex Talk listeners. But but why don't we, since this is on the Pursue God podcast, why don't we talk about this now, just real quick? Let's talk about this from a faith perspective because I think there's 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 a real major thing that was left out so far. And I think it it has to do with motive, really. It has to. There's a lot of stuff we left out, really. But I think Christians could understand how this is a biblical basis. Everything we've talked about. But to me, the the main the main scripture that uh, obviously the main scripture that I always think of when it comes to marriage is Ephesians chapter five, because in that passage it says that that husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. So we're kind of going back to topic one, that love is a choice. And the idea really is that Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross and dying for his bride, the church, but he did it anyway. In fact, he prayed one of the, one of the most interesting prayers in the Bible. He said to the father, I don't want to do this. Let this cup pass from me. So he didn't feel like going to the cross, but he went to the cross anyway. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And that's kind of heavy to, there's no, where do we go from there? But so I would say that as an, ex, he's an example for us in a lot of different ways, right? And one of them that I like to think about is we always talk about um, listening and communicating as being a skill, the third one, communication. Well, Jesus was born a baby, right? And he didn't know anything. So he worked on his skill. Why do you think he was in the temples and he was doing all these things? He worked on his skill to be able to go out and start the church, right? He didn't just show up one day and be like, hey, I'm here and we're going to start the church and thanks. 
So as an example to us in, ev in every way, he's an example that we have to work at something that we want to make happen. Yeah, in fact, if you even think that's, I've never thought about it like that, Corey, but the Bible says that that Christ, that Jesus, in John 1, it says that Jesus is the Word of God. So he is the ultimate, and, and it says it again, and I think it was in Hebrews, he's the ultimate revelation of God. He's the ultimate communication of God. So God went to all that length to communicate with us. Right. And we should go to any length to communicate. Well, and not only that, it's just the length of his selfless sacrificial love. I mean, and if and if you're if Paul is comparing the love Jesus has for his church that he died for it and then comparing that to the love between a husband and wife, that's 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 real intense love. That my attitude towards you should be putting you ahead of myself. And if both couples do that and are loving in a selfless sacrificial way, then marriage can be a pretty easy deal. Yeah, it can be awesome. And yeah. It can help a lot of people. Yeah. All right. So the, the topic, sorry, the wine's coming up. All right. So the series is called Marriage Basics. And again, you can find it at PursueGod.org. And if you know some couples that would want to do this series, but without maybe the biblical stuff, send them over to Flex Talk. There's a Flex Talk version of this podcast. There's a Flex Talk version of the series as well. Invite them to go through this series and, and we'll scrub all the biblical stuff out of there for their sake, if, if that'll turn them off. But in your own in your own lives, marriages, I, I just hope that you would uh, hit stop now, hit pause on that podcast, and start talking about it for yourselves.